So Acts chapter 28, verse 11 to the end. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered on the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. We put in in Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. The next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Puteoli. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they travelled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad against you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God, and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Okay, uh, so it would be helpful to have Acts 28 open in front of you. I've got a question to begin. Uh, would you sign up for something for the next 20 years? Okay, uh, what would it take for you to sign up for something for the next 20 years? Now, last month, a bunch of us here at Union Church uh, served together on the, the St. Matthew's Kids Holiday Club, Space Mania. Uh, we all kind of did that together, uh, telling people, uh, telling kids about Jesus would you sign up for the Mania team for the next 20 years? 
sign-up sheets down the front. Uh, no, <laughs> there's not. But that is a slightly different question to uh, will you serve on Mania next year, right? There's, there's lots of good reasons why you might do that. But would you do it for the next 20 years? Uh, that's a good question because it crystallises the issue for us. Uh, that's a big commitment. That's a lot of work. Is that, is that really worth it? Uh, would I really uh, dive in to that level? Uh, that's uh, the question I want us to have in the back of our heads as we think through this passage tonight. Because I think the end of Acts gives us the reasons why you might sign up for mania for the next 20 years. Why that would make the most sense in the world. Because we've made it, uh, this is it. We've uh, spent this semester working our way through the book of Acts and we've finally uh, got to the end, uh, this epic story of the beginning of the church. And we've seen uh, right from the start the Holy Spirit come down and set fire to the apostles uh, to empower them with boldness to go out and, and witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we've seen miraculous healings and we've seen a holy and a passionate church uh, burst into life. We've seen... Uh, persecution, drive uh, the apostles and uh, the disciples out into the world with the good news of Jesus. And we've seen these incredible missionary journeys uh, taking in the the whole of the Mediterranean world. And we've seen the apostles uh, delivered from jail and from riots and from beatings and from shipwrecks. We've seen the gospel jump these cultural barriers. We've seen all kinds of people included, eunuchs and Samaritans, men and women, Jew and Gentile. And most of all, we've seen the gospel spread. The good news of Jesus go out. Uh, way back in chapter 1, verse 8, our, our very first week, uh, back in week 1, if you can remember, all the way to the start of semester, uh, this is what Jesus told his disciples. Chapter 1, verse 8, he said to them, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. That's been the project for Acts. And now we're here at the end. Uh, But it's a slightly odd ending. It's kind of neat, but abrupt. And so tonight we're going to find out why Acts ends the way it ends and what that tells us about God and what it tells us about us. And what we're going to see is that uh, Acts has a closed ending and an open ending. A closed ending and an open ending. Uh, a Hollywood ending and an arty ending. Those two things. So firstly, Acts finishes with a closed ending, a neat resolution. It is a Harry Potter kind of an ending. Um, this is the first book in the Harry Potter series, uh, not the last book. We don't have the last book at home. Um, but this is the last line. Does anyone know the last line of the Harry Potter series? No? I'll, I'll read it for you. This is the last line of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. The scar had not pained Harry for 19 years. All was well. That's it. Uh, J.K. Rowling um, was asked about it in an interview. Here's what she said. She said, I wanted a very concrete statement that Harry had won. And that the scar, although it's still there, it's now just a scar. And I wanted to say it's over. It's done. And maybe a tiny bit of that was to say to people, no, Voldemort's not rising again. We're not going to have part two. Harry's job is done. 
That's, can you see how, how neat that resolution is? All was well. That's literally the last three words. And Acts is like that. Because in the end, what we see is a very concrete statement that God has won. His purpose has been accomplished. Uh, His goal for the disciples has been for them to witness to Jesus to the ends of the earth. And so the test for whether God wins is, does this gospel spread? Does it make it to the ends of the earth? Whether it takes hold, whether it, it makes it out of Jerusalem, whether it makes it to pagans and to pagan cultures with people with no connection to Judaism, do they turn to Jesus? Will they turn from their idols and be rejected by their families and burn their magic scrolls and change their sexual behaviour and start caring for the poor? Will they change all of those things for a guy who they've never heard of, some Jewish bloke, who they're told about, who died for their sins and rose to life. Will they take hold of that? And it happens. That's exactly what happens as we've worked our way through Acts, that God's won. That's the story of Acts. And it finds its resolution here as Paul reaches Rome. Have a look uh, back at Acts chapter 13. This is worth uh, turning to if you've got your Bibles open. Um, a few pages back. This is when uh, Paul and Barnabas set out on their first uh, missionary journey, kind of out into the Gentile world. And here's what they say, verse uh, 47. They've just spoken to the Jewish people in this area, uh, and now, verse 47, this is what they say. Uh, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. See that? Uh, The ends of the earth means the Gentiles, the people far off from God. If the gospel can make it to there, then it's going to go to the ends of the earth. God wants his salvation to spread to, to all people, not just to the Jewish people, but to everyone. And it has Uh, Look at what happens when Paul reaches Rome. Um, Back where we were, chapter 28, uh, the same kind of thing happens. Uh, First, he calls the Jewish leaders and he tells them about Jesus. And in verse 24, we're told, some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. And what happens next? That's the trigger For Paul to turn to the Gentiles. Verse 28, he says, Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. See, God's one. The gospel has reached the centre of the Gentile world. Exactly what God said would do. And it's made it there against all the odds, against uh, Jewish opposition, against the rejection of the Jewish people, against uh, Paul's arrest, everything. We've seen God's sovereignty at work, the way that he's drawn all those things together for his purpose. God has been sovereign in sending his gospel out. And look, hasn't it worked? Look how far it's reached. It's reached us here, here in Perth, 2018. It's even reached us. It's reached Kanye. Can you believe it? Who would have thought that it was going to get it all the way to Kanye West? And if it can reach him, it can reach anywhere, can't it? Isn't it incredible? God has done what he said he'd do. 
The gospel has gone to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles, to the furthest people you'd imagine. See, it's a closed ending. It's a Harry Potter finish. And that's the reason to serve at something for 20 years. That's why you would sign up for 20 years, because God's sovereign. God's plan is to send that gospel message to the ends of the earth, and he's in control. And if he's in control, then you can sign up for a long-term commitment. You can put your shoulder to the wheel for the cause of Christ, because God is sovereign, and you need to know that. Uh, We'll never be able to stick at that hard work of telling people about Jesus. We'll never be able to stick at it for 20 years if we don't know that God is in control, that this is what God is doing. Even just this year, uh, the Mania uh, program and Camping Ground, uh, we couldn't get the bookings that we needed at, uh, at schools. No worries. Press on. God is sovereign. Or imagine the future. Imagine uh, five years from now, Christian Union and Uni Church, we get kicked off campus for preaching the gospel, the news about Jesus. What will we do? Well, if God's sovereign, we keep on going, keep declaring the kingdom of God, like it says there in verse 23. Keep trying to convince people about Jesus, just what Paul does when he hits Rome. See, if God is sovereign, then that will be what sustains us through the ups and downs of 20 years of serving God, making Jesus known. And did you notice that uh, God's sovereign over people's rejection too? See that uh, quotation there from Isaiah in verse 26. It says this, uh, Go to this people and say, You'll be ever hearing but never perceiving. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. Uh, see, that was God's message to Israel. A hard message that says that you won't listen. Because of your hardness of heart, you won't listen. But that's God telling them. This is part of God's plan. See, uh, we take rejection as failure. You know, um, we, we might invite someone to, to a Christmas event, and they're like, no thanks, I'm not interested. And you think, oh, what a, what a failure. Uh, and that's a, that's a natural reaction, I think. But it's not failure. That is, if, if God is sovereign, if God has a plan to, to save some, then some will be convinced and some won't. And that's part of his purposes. So even when people reject the news about Jesus, that, that is still God at work. And you'll need to know that if you're going to uh, persist with serving Jesus. To keep going at a beach mission for 20 years, you need to know that God is sovereign, even over rejection. Because you might not have a situation where hundreds of people are becoming Christians all the time. It might be slow, it might be hard. And you'll need to trust in God's sovereignty. That even when people reject Jesus, that is not God failing. Because he continues to call people to himself. Uh, William Carey was an English Baptist in the 18th century. Um, now looking back, uh, he's, he's kind of known as the father of modern missions and he went to India um, back in the days when that was a place where uh, you couldn't find a single Christian. Uh, the work of the gospel hadn't even touched uh, 
India. And he went there and he, he worked uh, for years sharing the gospel and translating the Bible into various uh, dialects. And uh, he had to slog through hard times. Uh, his first convert for all his uh, sharing the gospel came after seven years. Now, unless you trust a sovereign God, you can't keep that up. Unless you trust that it's God's purpose to save the nations, you won't be able to cope with that. 200 years on from William Carey, uh, there's about 28 million Christians in India. God is doing his work. Acts has a closed ending, a Harry Potter finish. Has a closed ending, but it also has an open ending. Has a Harry Potter ending, and it also has an Albert Camus ending. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Albert Camus was a, a French philosopher and existentialist from the last century, and this is his book uh, called The Plague. And it's about a plague that sweeps through an Algerian city. And in the end, the, the people of this, this city, this town, uh, managed to defeat the plague. And this is how the book finishes. I'll read it out for us. You can settle in. This is high literature here at Unichurch. Uh, this is how it finishes. And indeed, as he listened to the cries of joy rising from the town, the doctor remembered that such joy is always imperiled. He knew what those jubilant crowds did not know, but could have learned from books. That the plague never dies or disappears for good. That it can lie dormant for years and years in furniture and linen chests. That it bides its time in bedrooms, cellars, trunks and bookshelves. And that perhaps the day would come when, for the bane and the enlightening of men, it roused up its rats again and sent them forth to die in a happy city. Uh, the, the twist of the plague is that Camus is writing about fascism. It's the plague of fascism uh, that he's talking about. The book was published in 1947 after the fall of the Nazis. And uh, can you sense how it's an open ending? Yes, the plague is finished, but it never really dies. Uh, one day it'll rouse up its rats and send them out into the world once more. And it, it ends like that on purpose. The ending is there to make you think. It makes you think about yourself. It makes you think about the world. And it makes you think back through the book and, and think about uh, the townsfolk who fought against the plague, about their heroism and sacrifice uh, to try and uh, get rid of it. And it puts the responsibility back onto the reader. What are you going to do uh, if the plague of fascism rises again? Uh, what will you do to stand against it? It's an amazing book. Harry Potter, also a good book. <laughs> but the plague has an impact. And Acts has the same impact. Aiming for the same feeling. Let's read the, the final lines of Acts 28. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. 
See, it kind of leads you on, right? It, it starts talking about everything that, that Paul did, and you think, well, what happened next? Uh, you know, um, if, if Paul kept going, then why have we stopped? Why have we stopped here? And it actually leaves a, a heap of unanswered questions. See, did Paul end up appear, appearing before Caesar? Uh, what was the verdict? Did he ever get set free? Um, what's going on? And we don't get the answer to those things. Uh, Luke's story stops. But the gospel story goes on. The kingdom of God, the teaching about the Lord Jesus, that's what Paul's doing right here as we leave him. That's the thing that rolls on even after Luke's account ends. Reaching Rome here in uh, the end of Acts, it kind of gives us closure, right? Uh, Because it means that the Gentiles have been reached. Ethnically, we have reached the ends of the earth. But geographically, we haven't reached the ends of the earth, have we? In fact, we've only reached the centre. Uh, Rome is not the edge of uh, the known world. It's, it's the middle of the known world. All roads lead to Rome. But you know what that means? It means that all roads lead out of Rome as well. Uh, the end of the earth is still out there. And so Acts has an open ending, an ending that opens out onto the future and asks the question, uh, how will the gospel spread next? What will it do next? And it's an ending like the plague because it puts the question to us. How will we be involved in taking the gospel uh, out into the world in our time? And it makes you think uh, back through the book of Acts uh, to think about the different people that we've met, uh, how we've seen uh, the boldness of Peter and those people who held out the gospel, how we've seen the joyful sacrifice of Stephen and others. We've seen the generosity of, of Barnabas and his gospel heart for others. We've seen the wise leadership of James. We've seen the partnership of people like Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. And we've seen how Mark and Luke and Aristarchus have travelled with Paul and, and helped and supported him and so many others. All these people who have put their shoulder to the wheel for the cause of Jesus to witness to what he has done for them. And the more you think back, uh, the more uh, you remember the boldness uh, that courage that came with uh, the Holy Spirit when it came down on the apostles, on the disciples, and gave them uh, that boldness to go out and and testify to Jesus. And how uh, the gospel kept on driving forward through all these different obstacles. And in fact, those two things, boldness and without hindrance, they're the two final words of Acts, with all boldness and without hindrance. We finish up and Paul's under guard, but the gospel is not guarded. It is not chained up. The gospel is unguardable. It keeps driving forward. And so Acts has a closed ending and an open ending. A Harry Potter ending and an Albert Camus ending. And so we want to finish by asking the arty French literature question. What will we do? How will we be involved in the spread of the gospel to the world in our time? And my suggestion to you tonight, uh, if you're a Christian, if you're someone who has received and enjoys all the benefits of knowing Jesus, that forgiveness and eternal life, if that's you, my suggestion is that you find 
what you'll do for the next 20 years. Find a thing. Uh, find a, a gospel ministry uh, that you are passionate about, uh, that you can uh, support and serve long-term uh, to help the good news of Jesus to spread. Uh, here at Union Church, if you're not a Christian, we're so glad that you're here listening in. Um, and you should know that we are passionate about others coming to know the good gifts of Jesus as well, not just in this room, but outside this room. And so if you're a Christian, find a thing uh, to be involved in and think about being involved in it long term. You don't have to run it, right? You can just decide to pray for it. Uh, You might be someone who works in the city or you're headed towards the city. Uh, Think to yourself, well, I'll make City Bible Forum my thing. I'll pray for that. I'll get involved. Uh, Jump on board in whatever way I can. Or you might might decide to um, take charge of the Uni Church trailer. <laughs> now, this sounds outrageous, right? Um, Twenty years uh, lugging the trailer in, unpacking, packing. Um, but uh, back in the old days of Uni Church, long before any of our time, uh, there was a guy who handled the trailer week in, week out, unloading, loading it up, and I reckon he pushed ten years. Now. 20 years, obviously that might be a bit of a stretch, uh, but can you see my point? Taking hold of something where you can serve wholeheartedly, long-term, makes a huge impact. You might think that 20 years is like just an impossibly long time. Uh, you guys haven't been alive 20 years, so I can think about the next 20 years. Uh, but a small, consistent, faithful, prayerful, Serving in the cause of Jesus has an enormous impact. That's one of the, the fascinating things about how we leave Paul. We leave him under guard and he's, he's stuck in this house for two years. But he just presses on with what he can do there. People come to see him and he, he, he teaches them about Jesus, just like he's always done. And he uses his time uh, under house arrest to write uh, his prison letters, Ephesians Philippians and Colossians come out of that time. And those letters have had a huge impact on the church. A small, consistent, faithful, prayerful effort in a single thing can make a huge effort, uh, impact uh, for the cause of Jesus. Here's something I learned in engineering. Uh, waves on a lake are a function of lots of different things, but two main things. The first is the strength of the wind uh, blowing across the water, uh, whipping the waves up, and the stronger the wind, um, the bigger the waves. But actually, it's not just that. Uh, The strength of the wind makes a difference, um, but the second thing that makes a difference is how long it blows for. And so you can have a gentle breeze blowing for long enough can create enormous waves on a lake. And so I want to tell you, you don't necessarily need a strong force. Just blow for a long time. And that'll create an enormous wave. Uh, Kanye is in the news now. He's making these enormous waves for Jesus. He's like got this huge uh, public profile and this megaphone. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. That is amazing stuff uh, to see his interviews on talk shows in America and uh, all this kind of stuff. But I'm praying... He blows for a long time. 
I'm praying he stands for Jesus long term. And maybe uh, across the next 20 years, uh, his, his public voice will, will diminish, um, it won't be the same size it is now. But if, if he does that long term, then that will have an enormous impact, like the kind of impact that Paul just kept on working towards, even under house arrest. So what will you take on for the next 20 years? Uh, you don't have to sign up for it today. In fact, if you're going to do something long-term, I suggest that you take some time to work it out, work out what you're passionate about, how God has made you, uh, what needs there are around you. Uh, take some time to try different things, serve in lots of different ways and find that thing. It might be uh, supporting AFES. It might be serving on crew camps. Uh, it could be writing letters to people who are serving overseas. But grab something to focus on because Acts has a closed ending and an open ending, a Harry Potter ending and an Albert Camus ending. It's a closed ending because God has won. The gospel has gone out into the world and crossed all those boundaries, all those barriers to reach even to us. But it's also open. It's up to us to take the gospel out in our day. So let's work out how we're going to do that. Thanks.